Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! Enjoy it while it lasts. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Uh, The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now. Anita Marks with you on this uh, on this Friday night. Yeah, that's it. That's it, Anita. It's Friday night. We got a lot going on tonight as well. With you for uh, the next hour and a half leading into, uh, of course, your uh, your game six of your Heat and the Boston Celtics. You'll be able to listen to right here on 98.7 ESPN at 8.30. Nick Friedel is going to join us at 8 o'clock, do a deep dive. We will take you to Boston. He's there um, and find out what the latest is. Obviously, with that series, it's it's all about the injuries, right? Like, pretty much every player outside of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum been dealing with somewhat of a, a little shoulder issue but it seems like every player is uh, is pretty beat up uh, in in this series, and and I really think uh, that's really what it's going to come down to. Uh, for me, it's it's and, and no disrespect to Jimmy Butler, obviously, uh, in my opinion, he's the best player on the Miami Heat. He's still dealing with the knee issue, and he's been a shell of himself. But if Tyler Hero cannot go, to me, that's the deciding factor. Uh, what he means for the Miami Heat and the way that they run their offense uh, will be a uh, huge, huge loss for them. And we saw it in regard to what happened in Game 5. And, of course, uh, if he can't give it a go tonight, which he's dealing with a groin issue. For us who've played sports before, we know how important that groin is, especially in basketball with that first step, that speed step. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as we get closer to game, and we'll let you know. Um, we've got the Yankees and the Mets that are in action tonight. First pitch for both games is at 7:10. So we're going to start there. Also, Greg Wyshynski, the puck daddy, is going to join us in about 30 minutes. Let's talk some Rangers as well as we've got the Avalanche. Uh, they're going at it against the Blues later on tonight. The puck drops for them at 8 o'clock. So we'll get a preview from from him in regard to the, that game and a preview for the Rangers game, which, of course, we know is tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Again, you'll be able to listen to right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, but let's kick it off first and foremost with the Yankees. Uh, they are in Tampa taking on the Rays. Uh, Tyone on the bump for the Yankees. And, of course, Jeffrey Springs uh, pitching for the Rays. So what do we know about this game? Uh, this is uh, this is a, a game where the Rays obviously want to rebound from a loss yesterday. Uh, Tyone, as we know, 4-1 and one with a 2.95 ERA. Uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Springs, 2-1 and one with a 1.32 ERA. Now, uh, the only concern here for me, and I am on the Rays' side here, and I want to give you the line where it stands right now. Hold on one second. Let me bring it up. But... Um, last season, Tyone uh, was uh, 0-2 against the Rays, and in one game, 
which was at home here at Yankee Stadium, lost 9-1. to So right now, the raise on the money line is minus 130. I'm sure Yankee fans don't want to hear that from me, but... Um, I just, you know, not not a, not a large sample size in regard to a track record with what Tyone has been able to do against the Rays, um, but uh, but still some concern. And Jeffrey Springs has been quite good. Like I said, two and one with a one three two ERA, and uh, you've got DJ uh, Lemayo, who we know is going to be out. A number of players, uh, especially concern in regard to the bullpen for the Yankees, as we know. So uh, I know we only have about four minutes to first pitch, so I wanted to get that in for you right at the top of the show. Again, I would take the raise on the money line at minus 130. As for the Mets, again, uh, first pitch for them here on our own backyard, and they've got uh, Carrasco who's going. He's 2-0 with a 2.16 ERA at home, which is nice. I like the Mets here, and the Mets on the money line is minus 180. I know, that's a lot of juice. You want to lay the points. You want to lay the one and a half. It's plus 125. Not going to be mad at you. Whoop! that just jumped to plus 115. Not going to be mad at you if you do. Um, because this is a Phillies team. They had a rough game against Atlanta yesterday. And they had to travel. Meanwhile, the Mets were off yesterday. So they're fresh. So this is how I would play in regard to the Mets and the Yankees right off the bat. Number one, I would play the Rays on the money line minus 130. I already told you that. I would play a two-team money line parlay with the Rays and the Mets, and you can get that at plus 175. And I would also lay the points with the Mets at minus 115. And again, uh, that is at plus 115. So minus one and a half, you can get that at plus 115. Uh, that is how I would play these two baseball games right off the bat. Uh, just wanted to, to kick that off with you so uh, you could get those in. You still have about three minutes before first pitch. So as I like to say, hashtag run, don't walk. Uh, make sure you get to that window. Like I said, uh, we're going to break down a lot for you tonight. Greg Wyshynski is going to join us at 7.30 to uh, preview the avalanche in the blues. Uh, this is uh, obviously an important game six um, Avalanche, by the way, came across a really interesting stat. Avalanche, uh, they've lost five straight Game 7s. Don't think for a second that doesn't play in the psyche, uh, really feeling like, hey, we don't want to get to a Game 7. We want to close it out. And this is a Colorado team that has won both times in St. Louis, opposite to what we're seeing, right, with the Rangers and the Canes in regard to home ice being so important. Not the case with the Avalanche in the Blues. Colorado's won both games in St. Louis, and oh, by the way, by three goals each game. So that is a team, home ice, not as, um, a, a, not as big as a f- factor in regard to what we're seeing and how we're seeing the Rangers and Canes game play out, that's for sure. That puck drops at 8 o'clock. Again, Greg Wyshynski is going to join us at 7.30. We'll get you plenty of time to get you ready for that game and a preview for tomorrow night's game with the Rangers and the Canes. Um, so we've got that going on. And, and obviously, uh, the, the biggest game tonight, because I really do believe that Boston is going to close this out. And, uh, and, and this is Boston at home taking on a Miami Heat team that is uh, just decimated. Hasn't this, hasn't this really been 
the storyline of the NBA postseason. I mean, think about like, you know, Embiid, for example, tears a ligament in his thumb and then has the issue with the eye socket and has to play the remainder of uh, of that series with the mask on. And of course, uh, James Harden was a shell of himself, didn't even show up for that last game. Uh, you just, you know, there's just been, been injuries um, across the board. Even you go back, you know, with the Suns and Devin Booker out a few games. It just seems like, granted, the NBA is a long season. We know that. But it's so important when it comes to the postseason. And, and, and obviously, every team has had a cross to bear, in, in, in essence, of dealing with injuries. And I said this when the trade deadline ended in the NBA. And I said, I loved the addition of Derek White for the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics have been dealing with with injuries of their own as well. Let's keep that in mind, right? Like, even Marcus Smart's still dealing with an ankle issue. Robert Williams is still dealing with a knee issue. He had surgery on his meniscus. So he's been one game active, one game inactive. And he's such a big key to them, especially in the paint defensively. But the addition of Derek White and what he is able to do offensively, as coming in and, and, and playing, playing either the one or the two and being able to facilitate, help facilitate the ball, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and step up defensively when Marcus Smart can't go or Robert Williams can't go. He's been such a big key. And, you know, that, that, that trade um, didn't, it, did it make headlines? Yeah, you read about it on ESPN.com. You heard Woj talk about it you you heard him tweet about it but like was it was it on the front burner was it what did did we make a really big deal about that trade no we didn't but let me tell you something again injuries have been such a storyline here in the NBA postseason and the fact that the, the the Boston Celtics have been dealing with it as well but they prepared the way that they were able to go out and 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 get Derek White and what he has meant in regard to stepping up when Marcus Smart can't go. Not to take anything away from, you know, the guys that, that step up for the Miami Heat, but no way, shape, or form uh, is, is their bench producing when you've got Jimmy Butler who, uh, I mean, look at these. Eight points, six points, 11 points in each of the past three games. This is your star. This is your stud. This is your, <laughs> this is the straw that stirs that Miami Heat drink, and you're telling me eight, six, and eleven points? Are you kidding me? So, he's he's obviously not producing. Uh, Kyle Lowry's dealing with a hamstring issue. Like I said, I, I think the really big key here tonight is Hero. Will he be active? Will he not? And I'll tell you what, even if he is active, I still, it's a groin injury. I mean, desperate times calls for desperate measures. This is, a, this is a potential closeout game for the Boston Celtics at home in Boston. So I do believe that Hero will be active tonight. I won't be shocked if he's not. I'm anticipating him to be active again because uh, this is it. Boston wins. It's done. They advance. And then, um, you know, now they're, they're, uh, they're in the championship matchup with um with of course the Golden State Warriors so I do expect Hero to be active tonight but how productive is he going to be as I like to call it active but possibly not very attractive so you this is Boston Celtics team they're you're laying eight and a half right now 
That's what the line is. The line is eight and a half. The over-under is 202. It's just, that's a lot for me. Eight and a half. But at the same time, Boston's at home. Maybe you play the half. I'll tell you what, Boston's been unbelievable in the third quarter. Maybe you play the third quarter spread. We'll dive into all this with, uh, with Nick Friedel, who's going to be joining us at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, he'll be joining us live from Boston. So getting you ready for everything. Uh, hopefully you got the uh, Yankees and the Mets plays in before first pitch. Uh, we come back. I'll open up the phone lines. 800-919-3776. You want to talk Rangers? Uh, you want to take it, You want to talk NBA? Uh, we'll take your calls. And uh, we'll hear from Greg Wyshynski coming your way at 730. And, um, and of course, getting you ready for the NBA that tips off at 8.30. And, of course, the Avalanche and the uh, St. Louis Blues that that puck drops at 8 o'clock tonight. And throughout the show up till 8.30, uh, where, of course, you'll be able to listen to the Boston Heat game right here on 98.7 ESPN. I'll keep you up to speed on both the Yankees and the Mets games as well. So, uh, so again, Greg Wyshynski is going to join us uh, in, in the next 10 minutes. Excited to get him on and ex- excited uh, about the Rangers coming back to the Garden, right? So a few things here in regard to this series. So, so as we know, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, Canes won the last game. Um, the home team here has won for the 12th straight time in their game since the start of the postseason. Okay, uh, in, in regard to the Canes. So uh, their, their first series, obviously this is their second series. Uh, regardless, the Canes have not won on the road. Of course, bodes well for the Rangers, who, of course, are playing at the Garden tomorrow. Um, so, uh, so they have failed to do so five times in the, uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Canes have, uh, in, in regard to winning on the road, which is pretty surprising considering that they tied in the NHL for uh, regular season road wins. So what gives? What's so different about the postseason for the Canes as opposed to the regular season when they tied for the most wins in the, NH- in, in the NHL uh, during the regular season? Um, and not only, not only have the Canes lost on the road, but they've lost every game, especially here at the at the garden by multiple goals. So, you know, so obviously that bodes well for the Rangers and, and as, as great as a defensive team, Carolina is, especially the the last two games that, that we saw the Rangers play. It's kind of like they, they found something there. That's why I was really hopeful that when they went back to Carolina, this, this last game that, um, I, I was, I mean, obviously we were all hoping that the Rangers were going to win, but um, just, you know, offensively, you know, obviously they, they, have, they have found something, especially at home as opposed to in Carolina. Uh, some other stats here in regard to the, uh, the Canes. Um, Carolina had just been 9 of 89 on the power play since late March, yet after an 0-9 start in the series, of course, we saw them score on a power play this last game. But 0-9 in this series in regard to power plays, we know how good uh, Ranta has been and, and Shesterkin. I want to say uh, Shesterkin has 80, I was reading a stat, has uh, 
prior to this last game, heading into the game in Carolina, I want to say he had like 87 saves so far in this series, and Ranta had only allowed three goals in this series. Really unbelievable. Um, both these uh, goaltenders have just been outstanding in this series. So uh, what needs to happen? Obviously, the Rangers now down. This is a must-win game for them. We've been here before. We've seen it happen. We saw them come back, being down 3-1 to uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we saw what they were able to do, especially coming into a Game 7 at the Garden, and Chesterkin was just unbelievable that night. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully much of the same we can expect tomorrow night at the Garden. If you're heading out there, I know it's Memorial Day weekend, if you're heading out to the Garden, uh, what a fun ticket that's going to be. And again, uh, later on tonight at 8 o'clock, we've got the Anval- Avalanche going up against uh, the, uh, the St. Louis Blues. So excited to g- dip into that series. As for, uh, again, the Miami Heat and the, the Boston Celtics, we've got uh, Brian and, uh, and Tom who are producing the show. Tom, if you don't mind popping on, you said that uh, you had gotten wind that, uh, that, that Hero is going to be active tonight. Is, uh, who, who is reporting that? Where did you see that, sir? It is from the Miami Heat officially on Twitter. Tyler Hero will actually not be playing tonight with. Oh, he was not going to play he tonight. He's not He's... playing tonight with a groin Whoa. injury. They're calling it. Whoa. Well, yeah. I mean, that's you know that's that's what he's been dealing with. And you said this announcement came down what like ten minutes ago. Uh, about ten minutes ago. Uh, it's actually came. I'm looking at the tweet right now. Seven oh four. It came out. Okay, so about five minutes after we started the show, Miami Heat, Miami Heat, then uh, announcing that Hero is out. Uh, uh, That's huge. Um, uh, Again, this is a hefty point spread right now. The Boston Celtics favored by eight and a half. The over under is two o two. I just my gut's telling me that this game is going to get ugly. I'm really excited to have Nick Friedle on with us at eight o'clock. He's there. Uh, He he can obviously give us a lot more information. But like I said. You've got Jimmy Butler. He's going to be active. Nothing is, uh, has been reported that he won't be. But playing with, with an injured knee and, uh, of course, sharing the stats with you, right? Like game one, he put up 41 points. Game two, he put up 29. And then the last four, eight, six, uh, the last three, eight, six, and 11. So obviously he's struggling there. Lowry's dealing with a hamstring issue. And, and now that, that Hero's out, Man, um, I'm 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 not not as reluctant. I'm not as scared to lay the eight and a half down now, knowing that Hero's not going to be in. I I just my gut's telling me that this has uh, all the potential to be a complete blowout tonight. Uh, and you know we all want to see we all want to see good games, right? Like like there's only there's only been like in this and it, it's it's unfortunate. But in this series, there's really only been one good game that like piqued your interest, kept you watching into the fourth quarter. And that's sad because these are two, arguably, two of the best teams in the East. It's just unfortunate that, um, that both of them are dealing with injuries, uh, but the Heat, uh, a, a much larger mountain to climb with the injuries that they're having to deal with tonight. More than, uh, more than, of course, the Boston Celtics. All right, quick break. We come back. Greg Wyshynski is going to join us next. Uh, we'll get a, a, a Rangers update and, and a, a quick preview in regard to their game for tomorrow. That puck drops at 8 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. And, uh, and also uh, we'll talk to Greg 
about the avalanche and uh, in the Blues game later on tonight. Uh, that starts at 8 o'clock as well. I think it was a lot of us tonight, to be honest with you. I didn't think we played our game at all. I thought we were reaching with sticks all night instead of finishing checks with the body like we did the other nights. Uh, you know, obviously, we, uh, to me, it was the worst game in the five games so far in the series. You know, they, they pretty well dominated that game tonight. Gallant talking about uh, the Rangers' performance in Carolina. Now they bring it back home here to the Garden tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. The puck drops. Let's bring in the puck daddy. He's actually in St. Louis for the Avalanche Blues game tonight. We'll dive into that. But first things first, uh, Greg Wyshynski joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Greg, welcome in. How you doing, my friend? Doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thrilled to have you on. Uh, let's talk Rangers first and foremost before we dive into uh, Avalanche and Blues tonight. Uh, your, your thoughts on uh, on on Game Five? Uh, we heard Gallant just say that, uh, and you could hear in his voice how disappointed he was in the Rangers' performance. Um, your, your your thoughts on range on, on Game Five and how you feel the the the, uh, the Rangers can bounce back here at home? Well, I understand why he has to kind of frame it that way, right? I mean, like, you don't want to give your opponent too much credit. But honestly, like, the Carolina Hurricanes know how to win a game on home ice. And I'm not sure what the Rangers could have done other than, uh, you know, find a, a way to get a puck through uh, on Toronto last night because I felt the Hurricanes had that game pretty well in hand the entire time. Um, so, again, this series has been an anomaly. Uh, the home team winning every game. And not just that, but the Hurricanes and Rangers both playing like different teams, whether they're on the at home or on the road. So, again, I felt Game Five was entirely predictable, and we'll see if the trend holds for Game Six. You know, I, I was reading right, like the Canes in the regular season tying the NHL lead for regular season road wins. So, so kind of explain to me, like, what what gives? Greg, like, like, why were they good on the road in the regular season, but when it comes to the postseason, uh, you know, they, they can't steal a win on somebody else's ice? <laughs> well, again, I, I think that they've just been able to get to their game better at home. Um, you know, if you ask the players, the home crowd plays a big part of it, uh, it gives them a little wind in their sails. They just seem to have more jump, play more physically at home than they do on the road. But I also think that there's been a huge advantage for them matchup-wise. Um, you know, at, at home in hockey, you get to have the last line change. You get to put your guys out last against whoever the other team has on the ice. And they've been able to get one of the best checking lines in hockey, uh, centered by Jordan Stahl, out against Patrice Bergeron's line in the Boston Bruins series and now against Mika Zibanejad's line in the Rangers series. And you know, you look at what Mika's done in MSG, it's been great. He's got shots on goal, he's got points. You look at what he's done at 5-on-5 five five in Carolina, and it's been nothing. His only point came on the uh, power play last night. So uh, it's matchups, uh, it's, it's the crowd, it's a lot of things that I think have just kind of changed the dynamic a little bit for them in the playoffs. You know, Greg, you, you mentioned power play. Uh, Carolina had been 9 of 89, only a little over 10% on the power play since late March, and 0 and 9 to start the season. But, of course, we saw them break through and, and, and score. Um, you think they found something there in, in regard to how they can turn this really 10%, what a horrible stat, um, around as, uh, as they bring it back to the Garden? 
You know, they, they, they moved it a little bit quicker last night. I mean, the Tara Vinen shot was, was uh, a, a one-timer and, and a good one, too, uh, that beats the Sturkin. Um, you know, the, again, this is part of the dichotomy between the home and the road for this team is that uh, their home power play in the playoffs hasn't been atrocious. I mean, it's not been great, but it's not been atrocious. But on the road, uh, I think they only have one goal in 21 uh power play opportunities so it's a completely different story again so i'm not sure if there's a remedy they just kind of have to play through it and like you said the the problems that they've had with the man advantage have been more systemic than anything i think uh this season for them again uh, greg wasinski joining us here on 98.7 espn um so uh, tomorrow night eight o'clock at the garden what do you envision happening here? You you know, we talk about it a lot on Daily Wager. You know I love the under. The under has been paying big time, big dividends. So, um, you know, are, do, you, do you have a play in tomorrow night's game? Uh, you know, I, I, I think you just got to keep on rolling with the trend. You know, and the trend is right now that the home team is winning every game. So I think the money line matchup right now is pretty even. And I, I think you probably have to lean Rangers there and still prove it otherwise. You know, in the back of their minds, the Hurricanes know they've got two cracks at this. And sometimes when you have that, that could be a huge difference. Yeah, believing that, okay, well, you know, if, if, if we lose this next game in New York, we know we've got it at home in game seven. Um, and, and, of course, whoever wins then advances and takes, takes on the Tampa Bay Lightning and in regard to the matchup for the Lightning, Greg, uh, you know, who, who, is, who is a better match? Like, you know, what, what's, what's the series you would rather see against the Lightning? Is it the Rangers or is it the Canes in regard to the matchup? Well, it'd be the, it'd be the Rangers just because I think that's, a, that's an intriguing one, right? I mean, you have a team that is clearly on the way up versus a, a, two, a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. Um, I think the matchup of you know, watching Kreider and Zibanejad and Panarin trying to go up against a, a lightning team that has excelled in shutting down some of the best offensive players we have in the NHL. Austin Matthews and the Leafs in the first round, the Florida Panthers obviously in the second round. So you have that sort of uh, offense versus defense matchup with the Rangers and the Lightning, and that's kind of an intriguing one. I think if it's Carolina, it's much more of a chess match and, and, and maybe, you know, I think it'll be exciting. I think both those teams play at a good tempo and have players that can certainly put the puck in the net. But I think from a, uh, from a uh, you know, a, a stylistic standpoint, I think the Rangers and Lightning are more of an interesting one. So, again, uh, Rangers and uh, Canes going at it tomorrow night at the Garden. If the Rangers win, then Game 7 will be back in Carolina on Monday night. But Greg Wyshynski joins us now from St. Louis, where the Avalanche and the Blues are going to be going at it tonight. Puck drops for that matchup at 8 o'clock. And, of course, the Blues won 5-4 in overtime. Again, we talked about it on Daily Wager. I didn't think it would go into overtime. Sure enough, it did. Um, do the Blues, do you feel the Blues now have some momentum and some swagger coming in? And, of course, now knowing that they are on home ice tonight. How do you see this game playing out at 8 o'clock? Well, it's an intriguing one. You know, the, the Blues, I, I think, uh, have a couple of things going for them off of that Game 5 win. One, Robert Thomas, who's been one of their most important offensive players, has been very quiet this postseason. He had two goals in Game 5, played well. 
it'll be interesting to see if he can hit the board again tonight. Uh, if so, that's going to really help with their scoring depth. And I think the other thing they have going for them now is a little bit of doubt maybe creeping in about Colorado goalie Darcy Kemper. Um, when they acquired Kemper in the offseason, one of the big questions about him was what was he going to do in a spot like this? He's never been a guy that's been on a team that's had championship aspirations. He's never been a guy that's had to close out a series, really. And so watching him not have his best game in Game 5 makes you wonder exactly what we're in store for for Game 6, I think. Uh, I was I was reading Colorado's lost five straight game sevens. Do you think that's something that, that that mentally is in the back of their head right now? Like, oh man, we need to win this game. Like, we're we're just we're not good in game sevens. Well, they're they're trying to play the the armchair psychologist thing, right? Like, we talked to Jared Bednar, their coach today, and he fielded a lot of questions about the the, the mentality of the of the team and. And, you know, they haven't advanced past the second round in the last few seasons. Uh, game five was kind of a microcosm of their problem. Nathan McKinnon has, like, one of the best games we've seen in a long time from a single player. He scores one of the best goals we've seen in ages in the NHL, that end-to-end goal, and then they squander it. And that's kind of been the story for him in Colorado. So what Bednar is trying to do is get them to think less about the vibe of, of, of the series and, and how, you know, maybe history is repeating and just kind of focus in on what's gone wrong from a technical and, and from an execution standpoint on the ice. Look at the goals they gave up, find out why they happened, try to kind of like build them up based on what happens on the ice versus thinking big picture. Greg, so appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Enjoy the game tonight. How am I playing this one? Um, you know, you've got uh, – Colorado minus minus one and a half is plus one thirty five. Um, the Blues on the money line is plus one forty. Which direction am I? Which direction am I going here? I, I mean, I think you still have to go with Colorado in this one. I mean, you know, they they have carried play. Uh, there's only been one game in this series where St. Louis really took it to them, and you know, the Blues had to expend a lot of energy to get back into that game. I mean, they were climbing out of a, de- a deficit, a 3 nothing deficit before their uh, late-game heroics. And so you wonder how much they've gotten the tank for this game based on how they earned the right to play in it. I mean, I, I still think it's Colorado's series to lose. And um, while the Blues would be an intriguing story, if they force the game seven, you still have to, I think, favor the, the, the avalanche to close it out tonight. And you're confident on the puck line? No, not at all. This could easily be an overtime game. Ooh, I kind of like that. <laughs> um, Greg, thank you so much again. <laughs> really, really do appreciate your time as always, uh, and enjoy the game tonight. You got it. Thanks for having me. You got it. Greg Wyshynski joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so based on the conversation, uh, he's not comfortable with the avalanche on the puck line, uh, but he is on the money line. It's minus 165. A little bit too much juice for me, So, uh, but here's what I might do with this. How about, how about a money line parlay with the Colorado avalanche at minus 165 and butt that up with the Rangers as he said, listen, bet the trend. The trend is hurricanes can't win on somebody else's ice. And and I, I like I like his philosophy and and how he's uh, he's thinking. Well, you know, when a team is is up by one, knowing how strong they are at home, 
um, you know, the, the sense of urgency isn't there um, or, or maybe isn't there, isn't, isn't as strong, I should say. So maybe you align, so, so your money line parlay is the Colorado Avalanche on the money line at minus 165, along with the Rangers tomorrow night at minus 115. So that two-way parlay is two to one. Not bad. Not bad at all. I'm, I'm looking here to see uh, what, uh, what the wager is in regard to uh, this game going into overtime. Uh, when we get back from a break, I'll have that for you. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, it's so difficult to get to the finals. An NBA season is such a, a marathon uh, to, you know, to get through the 82, to get through three rounds of the playoffs, beating the best teams in the league to get there. Frankly, it's exhausting, stressful, emotional, physically tiring, um, all of that stuff. For our team, our guys, especially the, uh, the core group, Dre and Steph, Clay, Loon, Andre, to be part of that six times in eight years, I don't even know what to say. It just takes an enormous amount of, of skill and determination and work, and I couldn't be, couldn't be proud of our, our, of our guys. Steve Kerr, of course, talking about the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. They take care of the Mavs 120 to 110 last night, so they advanced to their sixth final in eight seasons. Really unbelievable. Nick Friedel joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, he's going to, of course, preview the Heat Boston series. But Nick, let's first, first and foremost, let's get your thoughts on the Golden State Warriors taking care of the Mavs. They've been so dominant, especially at home at the Chase Center. Your thoughts on the Warriors advancing? Anita, it still stuns me a little bit <laughs> because I was out there covering that team up until the first of the year. And while I thought they had had a really nice start, I figured that somebody in the West would get them, whether it was Phoenix or somebody else that Steph and Draymond were getting older and we didn't know what Clay was going to be. But to get all the variables that hit for the Warriors, Jordan Poole, Kevon Looney staying healthy, Andrew Wiggins turning himself in an, into an all-star, on top of the fact that James Wiseman never even played. It just goes to show you how good your player development has to be when a team comes together for, for championship runs. And, and on top of that, it, there's luck. And the Warriors created a lot of their own luck, but uh, they have survived this season because they have a deep and talented roster. And Steph is still at the top of his game. So to see them get to where they've already gotten is is certainly a surprise, but it's a credit to what's been built for years out there in the Bay. And so now they sit back, they watch and see how this series unfolds in June 2nd will be game one of the NBA Finals again uh, out there in the West where uh, the Golden State Warriors just do not lose on their home court. All right, so let's turn our attention to what's going on tonight. You'll be able to listen to the Boston Celtics heat game right here on 90.7 ESPN. Uh, Tip-off is at 8.30. And I guess the big news is that uh, Hero is going to be inactive yet again tonight. I think this is huge. Not to take anything away from Jimmy Butler. I know he's been a shell of himself. But uh, but just you know, talk about exactly what's going on with Hero and, and, and how crucial... Uh, this is uh, for uh, for the Miami Heat, the fact that he's he's not going to be available for another game. Anita, what it does is it, it doesn't allow Miami to stretch the floor offensively. 
And what we've seen in this series is that Boston is so good on the defensive end and can switch so often that they're just clogging everything up. And when Jimmy's not close to 100% and he's not, you need somebody to hit shots. Max Drews has missed 16 in a row. Duncan Robinson came in and got some minutes, and he's missing shots all over the place too. When you see the way that they're performing, you don't know where the answer is going to come from. And I'm with you. I think the hero absence is very big. But on top of that, Kyle Lowry, his hamstring is still bothering him. He looks like a shell of his old self. P.J. Tucker is dealing with some knee soreness. But when you're watching this game and you're trying to figure out how the heat look early, just see Jimmy Butler and if he's going to the rim. Because in game one, he went 18 times to the free throw line. The other night in game five, he went four times. And that knee just is not right. He is really trying to will his way through it. But to me, the Heat just do not have enough right now to match up to where Boston is at. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Jimmy Butler with a knee. It's it's Lowry with the hamstring, right? It's Hero now that he's inactive. And... You know, unfortunately, their bench has not stepped up the way that we've seen Boston. And I talked about this at the start of the show, Nick. I'll go back to the trade deadline. And when the Boston Celtics got Derek White, I said on my show, I said, I think that's one of the best pickups before the trade deadline. And I I know it wasn't a splash. It wasn't on the front burner. It wasn't breaking news. We were obviously talking about Harden and that trade, of course, that went down with Ben Simmons and whatnot. But... I just felt that I really liked that move. And sure enough, it's it's paying dividends now because this is a Boston Celtics team that's dealing with injuries as well, right? Anita's paying huge dividends because when you look at the way game five unfolded, white is a huge reason why they won. (laughs) And I'm with you in seeing the way that deal went down. I went, you know, I don't know how much of a difference he will make right now. But he's made a really, really big one. And at the start of the year, the Celtics team could not find its rhythm. They just did not look like they fit together. Ime Udoka had not gotten the defensive principles into his team the way he wanted them. And we weren't sure on Brad Stevens as an executive. And in the span of a few months, everything is now clicking for this team because they are deep. They can hit you in a lot of different directions. And and I'd go a step further and say – not only do I think the Celtics are going to win tonight, I think the Celtics are going to beat the Warriors. I think they can do it, and I think they've got the talent to, to hit Golden State from a variety of different directions because they switch everything defensively, and they aren't afraid of the moment. And when you have all those different combinations on top of Jason Tatum playing at the level he's playing at, you have a very, very dangerous team. Uh, Nick Friedle joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm going to share a stat for you. There's been 333 best of seven NBA playoff series that have gone three and two of those. The team taking the three and two lead has gone on to win 83.8% of the time, almost 85% of the time. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty incredible trend there, Nick. It's huge. And Anita, when you, when you, Listen to the heat the last couple of days. This is never going to be the type of team that hits you with one, two, three, Cancun in these moments. <laughs> They're going to play all the way through. They're going to give you whatever they have left. 
but this is a team that is dealing with so many different injuries that you kind of look around and you go, all right, well, where is the answer going to come from after already being in the hole that they're in? So that's part of the reason why Boston should feel so confident. If for whatever reason they can't get it done tonight, they still have one more chance. But historically, on top of the stat that you just told us, the other key is Boston needs a rest. And if you win tonight, you set up at least a few more days before you have to take that long, long flight out to the Bay and prepare for a really dangerous Warriors team with Steph. So there are a lot of different layers here. But if you believe that the Celtics are as good as they appear to be, you also have to believe that they'll take care of business when they need to tonight. All right, before we let you go, uh, let's talk some numbers since this is a gambling show. Uh, Boston is favored by nine now. Um, you know, this oh, line, wow. I believe, oh, I know, I know. The line opened up at like six and a half. It was, it was, it was eight when we started the show about an hour ago. The over-under is 201 and a half. Um, h- how would you play this, Nick? I, I mean, that's a lot of points in my opinion. It's a ton of points. But, Anita, I, to be honest, I probably would, would still roll with the Celtics. And I say that with a total respect for the heat culture that is always talked about and the fact that they are going to play as hard as they can. I just believe that the injuries are too much to overcome. And I believe Jimmy's knee really is bothering him. I think Struis is dealing with a couple things. Hero's not out there. Again, T.J. Tucker and Lowry aren't the same as they would be. They're, they're dealing with their own thing. I know people would look at the points and they'd say, well, Miami, we know is going to play hard and play to the end. But I'd also tell you, that, that Jimmy is the tell here. And having watched him all those years dating back to his time when he started in Chicago, he just does not look like the same player. And I don't believe they have nearly enough around him to make up for that fact in the end. Great stuff, Nick. So appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tonight, my friend, and have a great Memorial Day weekend. Absolutely. You too, Anita. Talk to you soon. You got it. Nick Ferdell does such a phenomenal job covering all things uh, in, in the NBA. Um, and he said, hey, listen, he thinks the Boston Celtics not only win tonight, but he thinks the Boston Celtics beat the Warriors in the championship. I will say this, as great as the Warriors are at home, again, undefeated in the postseason at the Chase Center on their home court, the Boston Celtics, out of all the teams that advanced to the postseason, the Boston Celtics was the best team that took that, that advanced into the postseason on the road with their, their, their road record in the NBA. So if there is a team in the NBA that potentially could win at the Chase Center um, on Golden State's home court, it could be Boston. I think Nick makes an excellent point in regard to uh, Boston coming in and, um, and, and needing to be healthy. Needing, needing the game one is, is, like I said, what did I say, June 2nd, right? June 2nd is game one. So needing that time to recharge, um, get ready uh, to, to take that flight out there to the West Coast and try to steal at least one of the two games against the Golden State Warriors. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.